Welcome to the Balance and Blossom podcast. Your host, Meg, uses her knowledge and experience with mental health, yoga, and meditation to support you in balancing your life. Through vulnerable, candid conversations, join Meg each week to discuss all topics related to mind, body, and soul with special guest episodes to dive deep and learn more. It's time to balance and blossom into the most authentic version of you. Hello, and welcome back to the Balance and Blossom podcast. I'm your host, Meg, and today I am joined with a special guest, the beautiful Taylor from Tailored to Nature. And we are so excited to bring you a little interview joint podcast. Um, I'm going to be interviewing Taylor and allowing her the space to tell you all a little bit about her journey. And yeah, we're going to just see where this conversation goes. We have nothing planned. Um, (laughs) We just went to a beautiful dinner and the sun is setting right now and we're going to just talk and see what happens. (laughs) So thank you, Taylor, for joining me tonight. (laughs) You're so welcome, May. And yeah, we've had such a good night Um, already. I'm so excited to just kind of sit here and chat with you tonight. Um, I think that we're the kind of people that can kind of just, you know, sit here and get somewhere good. So we've got beautiful views and uh, here we go. Absolutely. We have such a vibe set up right now. We have the incense burning and the sun setting, honestly. (laughs) Such a perfect evening. So we'll get right into it. Um, So Taylor, tell us a little bit about yourself and your story. Tell us where Tailored to Nature came from and how it began. Ooh, okay. So um, Tailored to Nature has been a name and something that's been in my life for a few years now. Um, Originally, um, I actually was going to do like sustainable bath products and um, like soaps with all like biodegradable packaging and stuff. And that was going to be like my tailored to nature. Um, But it just didn't like overly feel like it was like 100% something that aligned with me. So I just kind of put it on like the back burner. Um, And then in uh, May of 2019, I I got a concussion and it was my third concussion um, and it was at work. So it was pretty tough, um, a brand new situation. And I did get to kind of the point where I was like, thinking that I was almost like wasting my life, like being sick. And I feel like I'm being terrible to myself saying that, but I don't really mean it in the sense that like I'm doing it on purpose, but um, I just didn't want anything holding me back from still like growing as a person. And I felt like everything was really like negative in my life at that point. Um, So tailored to nature (laughs) 2.0, I guess we can call it um, really stemmed out of at the beginning kind of fear of like not 
fulfilling my dreams and not chasing after the things I want to do in life out of the fact that like my injury was going to take away from, you know, my quality of life and that I needed to do this um, or I wasn't going to get the chance. So it was kind of like a, a scarcity mindset that it first came out of. Um, but also like wanting to talk about my struggles as well as connect it um, back to who I was as a person, that original tailor to nature, you know, that came up with that idea. And really that just comes from my upbringing and really feeling connected um, to nature and really being able to like resonate um, like certain, certain life lessons I find um, you can explain to people so much better when it's like something you can both picture and nature is that like visual thing that we all have kind of available to us. So that's kind of how it all came together. A lot. <laughs> no, I love it. Honestly, it's taking something negative, taking something traumatic, taking something awful that's happened and turning it into something beautiful, something that connects you to something bigger, gives you meaning, right? Mm-hmm. And you said that it was like a very dark time in your life. And it was a very challenging aspect of your journey, right? And now you've taken it and grown it into such a beautiful part of who you are and this beautiful little community, right? Where you get to connect with all of these amazing people. And so you often post on your page about an invisible injury. What has that been like for you? So this time around with this concussion, completely new. Um, I never really even considered the fact of something being called an invisible injury or invisible disability, my last two concussions, because they uh, didn't hang around long enough for me to um, get into that place. But for some reason, my third concussion did um, decide to hang on and... um, through seeing like so many different like medical professionals and medical specialists, um, physiotherapists, um, I got into that dark place from going to those appointments and from feeling like those um, people I was seeing already kind of had a perceived idea in their mind about what I was going through just by looking at me and by seeing that I was emotional. Um, because generally when you go into a doctor's office and you're crying, they're just going to tell you that you have anxiety and you need to do some deep breathing. But realistically, why I was crying was because no one was listening to me. Um, and I'm the kind of person that like prides myself off of honesty. Um, that's always been something that's really important to me in my life because I don't like when someone doesn't believe me that like really, it like, that's, I guess, one of my like triggers, I guess, when someone doesn't believe me because I would never lie. Um, and it's almost once you're in that kind of, um, you know, position of this invisible injury or this invisible disability that I often refer to, it's almost like you have to convince people that what you're going through is real and that it exists even when you expect them to be the ones to know what to do and to know what to help you. 
but realistically all you end up doing is just leaving with more questions about your character about who you are as a person because um that kind of like sense of invisibility if someone constantly tells you that what you're going through is just anxiety you're going to start to wonder if what you're going through is just anxiety and um so I really like to talk about the invisibility aspect of things and I just want more people to know about it because as I said, this isn't something that I even knew about until my third concussion. So I know that it isn't, obviously it's not seen by anyone unless you're going through it. Um, so my thing really now is to get that word out and, you know, to kind of be kinder um, with our eyes when we see people and make these judgments. Um, about who we think they are and what kind of life we think they live just by the way that they look. Um, because realistically, we have no idea what people are living with um, behind the scenes. So I'm grateful for that lesson. But of course, um, sometimes like it, I think it's sad that it took um, me getting to the point of having to go through it to also, you know, understand and be able to be an advocate for other people that are going through it as well. So that's a tough, that's a, yeah, that's a lot. <laughs> no, but it's real and it's raw and it's, it's genuine to you. And it is a sad truth that often we don't understand what other people are going through and we make quick judgments. And sometimes it takes a hard lesson for someone to learn to be able to turn their pain into almost a purpose mm -hmm. and then advocate for that community or mm -hmm. whatever the cause is, whatever your pain is that you're turning into a purpose, you can be that lived experience for them mm -hmm. and shed that light. And that's not to say that it's going to be your purpose or your title forever, <laughs> but it sounds like this is where you're at now and this is it's taking you on a journey and I know you're also into the energy healing and the Reiki and crystals and all of that <laughs> beautiful work so how does that tie into the tailored to nature and the concussions and your journey? Um, so Reiki, my story with finding Reiki is actually pretty funny. Um, I always like to say that Reiki found me. <laughs> I didn't really find it. Um, so about a month before my concussion, I was, I had just got back from a two week um, backpacking trip with my boyfriend and I was feeling like kind of really down on myself about finding like my life purpose. That's always been something I've stressed out about because I always, felt like my life purpose was out there somewhere and I had to like search for it. Um, um, so I was actually just looking online um, in my town at the yoga studio and I was just looking at the courses that they were offering and I wasn't trying to find anything in particular, um, but I just kind of felt like, okay, maybe if I can get like a course under, you know, my sleeve here, it would uh, make me feel a little bit better about myself. Um, 
you know, maybe I would feel like I was kind of one step closer to finding that purpose or whatever I was searching for at that time. So the Reiki um, level one was actually set to happen in June of 2019, which it would have been um, one month into my third concussion um, healing time. Had it have happened at that date, I probably would have not gone. I probably would have canceled because I wasn't really okay um, to be with a group of people yet. And for whatever reason, that um, course ended up getting pushed all the way until September, the beginning of September. Um, So I ended up going um, and I had taken it with a friend um, at the time. And um, I just remember after that weekend, it was like, I felt, I don't even like have words really how I felt, but I felt like, (laughs) makes me cry, but I felt like alive again. I felt like hope again. I felt like there was um, like, (laughs) uh, like goodness even in the world again after not um, having that in my life for like four months, which was really hard. And something about Reiki that's super empowering is that you're actually like using your intention to provide yourself with healing energy. And that is all what level one touches on. Um, Man, did I need that? Um, So it was like coming home. And I always say that I was like coming home to myself. And things have been 100% different for me personally in my like mental health um, journey, um, along, you know, with the concussion, obviously, um, there's a lot of mental health things that come along with that and a lot of different anxieties that I never, um, struggled with before. So it gave me empowerment to like, to know that even though there's people that I'm trusting to help make me better and relying on, I maybe don't necessarily need to put all of my eggs in that basket necessarily um, and that I could take back some of the power for myself. Um, And that changed the game for me, really. So, And then I just craved level two um, after that because I was like, this is what I'm meant to do. And, um, you know, if it can make me feel this good, imagine what it can do for other people. And my main goal with like bringing um, Reiki into Tailored to Nature was to make it, um, I don't want to say easy, but I want to say a segue to that scary word Reiki. Um, A lot of people hear it and they're like, what is that? And they want to run the other direction. Um, So I want to make it, you know, these self-care sessions so that we're learning what Reiki is. We're not like just hearing the word and feeling instantly you know, scared, what is this crazy lady doing to me? (laughs) But um, I really want to help people kind of understand like the platform of it first. Um, And that's really where it fits into my journey. um, Just because of the empowerment I felt from it, um, personally. So yeah, that's amazing. And so level one of Reiki, was that you sort of learning and being the student of the Reiki master and kind of doing all the groundwork of what is Reiki and energy healing in the chakra system. And then what walk us through sort of the difference between level one and two. 
Yeah. So um, level one, really, yeah, that good kind of platform basis, um, you get a good idea of the definition, like the history of Reiki, which is pretty cool. Um, And then you also, so for level one, it's supposed to be kind of like, just like an, we'll say an interested person. So like after level one's done, you are, you know, freely and ethically able to practice on yourself, friends, family, um, plants, your animals. But they do say that, however, like practicing as it being your, you know, a profession or as a career standpoint, there's still kind of that next step and that next attunement, which would happen in level two Reiki. Um, And when I say attunement, um, that is a process where um, the Reiki master actually um, sits down with you individually and um, kind of does like a type of Reiki kind of ceremony over top of you that's supposed to like attune you to that next level of being able to like pull in that life force energy. So for level two, it becomes even stronger because then comes in distance. And for me, practicing distance Reiki was really weird because it's almost like, I say this all the time, it's almost like telling someone like a ghost story and expecting them to believe it. Um, Because it's really hard to just say, okay, I'm sending you good energy and, you know, someone actually believed that that is what's going to happen. But after you experience it and after it's something that you go through, (laughs) it's a different story. So I always just like to leave it at that. Um, Reiki is never something that I would ever like try and push on someone who wasn't wanting it or comfortable for it in their lives because I believe that that kind of openness and that connection of me having good intention and good energy for your healing as well as like you being open to accepting that um I think that's what makes like the connection all that much stronger whereas if you have someone that's like unwilling like I would not feel comfortable being like oh sending you some healing you know healing Reiki energy but you're just like deflecting it. You don't want that. So um, there's definitely like a lot of um, ethical practices that come into place once you hit that level two, because that's when you're getting serious in, you know, you feel like it's kind of maybe a pathway in your life that you want to take. And for me, I knew right away that it would be. Um, And it's funny, I've actually found out since then that I have like great aunts and great uncles that were Reiki masters and I had no idea. So it's like in my family. So it's kind of cool that it found me. (laughs) Okay. So that is incredible that you have great aunts and uncles that are also in the spiritual world, I guess we can call it. And Mm -hmm. (laughs) I wanted to ask, so if someone, why would someone go for Reiki? What would lead someone to maybe seek um, Reiki healing? Would it be like a physical injury or emotional? Like if someone was like, oh, Reiki sounds very interesting. Like I think I could benefit from it. Is there a specific criteria that someone has to meet to be able to benefit from it? Or is it for everyone? Um, So Reiki is completely for everyone. Um, It's very much, um, you know, a healing modality similar to 
always what comes to mind is acupuncture for me um, because that's, of course, we have something physical that we're, you know, inserting into these like pressure points in our bodies and stuff that can help move, you know, kind of stagnant pain or energy. Um, and that is kind of the closest way that I can visually explain Reiki. Um, so Reiki, yes, can be benefic- beneficial to um, emotional, spiritual, mental, physical. Um, I truly believe that it can aid in all. And only I believe that because of my personal journey, because um, with this concussion itself, um, my third concussion, because the symptoms have lasted so long and some of the knowledge that I've had to learn and accept is the fact that um, some of the pain that I'm feeling is kind of stored energy and stored, you know, trauma from that experience happening and not necessarily, um, you know, my injured area still not healed. Um, Some of these like pains I feel can come back because there's, you know, obviously a lot of energy in this area, I worried about it for so long. I still worry about it. You know, there were many days that I thought that there was something that was going to like blow up inside of my head. And I was like convinced. And now I say that and I feel like I'm sounding silly, but I truly did believe that. And you ever hear the saying where your intention goes, energy flows. And I'm a full believer of, you know, when you have a physical injury, it is not 100% physical ever. It takes a toll on every part of your body, um, whether you can see it, touch it or not. And um, so that's what Reiki is doing is kind of coming in and we're removing blocks. So I always explain it how it was explained to me. And um, that's just like picturing like a kink toes. Um, When you're trying to water your garden, there's nothing more frustrating than trying to find that kink in the hose that's not letting that water come out. And that's a great example for what can happen to the energy that flows through our bodies when we have um, traumatic experiences. We can kind of, you know, go from a point of living with ease and having, you know, energy flow through us to living in this space of dis-ease where things are becoming more stagnant you know, more held, we're not allowing ourselves to kind of move on and release ourselves from that. So I truly believe that it's going to Reiki's going to initially come in and kind of, you know, work on that energetic body. But I believe that with that will come healing on all levels. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. I love that you mentioned that about moving the stuck energy within the body. And you also touched on how physical ailments or physical illnesses are not always 100% physical. And a lot of times energy that's stuck in the body can manifest as a physical issue, right? Or sometimes an emotional or mental um disability illness like mental health concern right Mm -hmm. have you ever read the book waking the tiger no i don't think i have so in the book um the first little bit talks about how we as humans have a hard time releasing 
trauma and stored energy within the body. And the difference between humans and animals is that animals shake after something traumatic happens is they shake their entire body to let go and continue that flow of energy so that it can be released and let out of the body. But humans, we don't know that. And we don't necessarily always, we don't do that. Mm -hmm. So that's usually where the energy gets built up and stored within us and manifests as something different, right? Manifests as like symptoms of depression or symptoms of anxiety, right? Or even a physical illness, like a sore throat, right? Mm -hmm. And so I know sore throats, I've heard so many people say that that's your throat chakra being blocked, right? Is like, it'll sometimes manifest as like a sore throat. So Mm -hmm. can you talk a little bit about what you know about that and how the chakras are related to Reiki and how it sort of plays into that. Yeah, definitely. Um, So personally, like in my, the way I practice Reiki, I believe like every practitioner kind of takes on um, their own like center point of what they relate to most within energy. Um, And for me, that is like chakras. That's what I work with mostly. Um, So the body actually has a lot. (laughs) which I don't even know how many, but what I was focused on was learning the seven main chakras. And the word chakra itself stands for like a spinning wheel or vortex. So the idea is that when our energy centers or our chakras are moving, um, you know, or are balanced within our lives, that we have these kind of free flowing wheels that are spinning and kind of sharing that energy. Whereas, um, if we have like a blocked chakra in one area or maybe an overloaded chakra, like it's spilling over into the other one, even they all are very connected. Um, And they all play to different themes and characteristics in our lives. Uh, So for example, um, the root chakra is all about the, like the, the mantra for it is I am. So root chakra is all about, you know, survival, safety, stability, feeling safe in the person that you are um, and that the things that you have aren't going to, you know, you're not going to wake up tomorrow and they're going to be taken away from you. So they all have different themes, like moving up to the sacral chakra is all about our feelings. It's all about um, emotions, sensuality, feeling worthy to, you know, take forth the things that we desire in this world and Um, bring them forth Um, and they all play into each other you know going up from there we have the solar plexus which I always like to say is our big sun like I fully believe like every human has like this own kind of powerhouse inside Um, and that is the solar plexus and that is our kind of our will um, in our lives to stand up for what we truly believe in Um, going up from there, we have our heart chakra, which is all about, you know, our emotions, our ability to give love, um, receive love, which is very hard. And also that ability to show each other self love or show ourselves self love. And then, um, exactly what you were speaking to the throat chakra, um, they all are assigned different colors. And I just find it really cool that the throat chakra is assigned to nice sky blue. Um, and in my sessions, I fully explain the throat chakra as our blue sky, um, because the intention for our throat chakra is that we want it to be like free flowing 
and like airy, like an open blue sky. Um, nothing holding it back, nothing kind of strangling our truth, nothing strangling someone else's truth. Um, so yeah, when you do have those kind of feelings, you know, in your throat, whether you feel like you're choked up and you can't talk or you almost are the opposite where you are talking so much that you can't even catch your breath. Those are both examples of kind of like an over or an active throat chakra energy there. And, you know, going up, we've got our third eye, which is all about our intuition and our crown chakra, which is really cool. It's all about our connection and our oneness. Um, For some people, it's that kind of, you know, that gateway to the higher power of meditation or the universe or whatever you believe in. Um, So all when all seven of them come together, you pretty much have you know, the general characteristics and themes of every human being um, and stages and things that we go through in our lives. So it's a good a good way to, I almost want to say like generalize, um, a good like visual way to take care of our own energy. So that was a lot. But yeah, the chakras, I love them. I'm like, <laughs> I'm obsessed with them. <laughs> I, I love them too. And I just learned about it in my yoga teacher training mm-hmm. and starting to sort of learn a little bit more about them. And honestly, I find doing a meditation that's chakra based and when you're working through all of them, I find them the most powerful. Like mm-hmm. I can become the most tapped in and centered that I can can in any meditation so it just goes to show how powerful they are when you are focusing on those energy centers and yeah I love them they're so interesting it's such an incredible way to think about our energy center and like really give it a visual especially with the colors and Mm -hmm. then the mantras too of like I am and I feel and all that stuff Mm -hmm. right so yeah they're oh it's so like (laughs) So, stories. <laughs> it's so woo-woo, I it love is, to say. Yeah. It's very woo-woo. But um, I think there's certain people out there that are on this journey that will resonate with that. And that's why you and I are together here now. Yeah. Because we're, we're very much in that spiritual realm. And when you mentioned our sacral chakra, I thought about like my own journey and my own healing and it's very much a center that has been blocked Mm -hmm. for me for a long time. And I don't think I've really realized until like recently, like Mm -hmm. now when I'm thinking about those areas of my life, like my sensuality, my pleasure, like my, my sexuality, it's like very much like a forbidden, like no go zone. Mm -hmm. Like you especially being a woman too, like we're, this is kind of going into society, but we're really told to sort of like suppress our sexuality. Like Mm -hmm. there's so many rules about how we dress, how we look, how we speak, how we act. And I was having a conversation about this the other day in my meditation circle. And we were talking about like as women, we grow up to not trust ourselves and Mm -hmm. not get in touch with our sexuality and our sensuality. And like, it's a big issue. Mm -hmm. Um, Yeah. There's like so much stagnant energy. That's just like 
being placed on us there. Absolutely. And like even I remember, you know, back in high school, like wearing clothes, like the boys never had any like, oh, the boys can't wear tank tops or whatever. It was only the girls. It was only us. We had to be, like, managed and, like, yeah, yeah. it's just – it's and not it, right. <laughs> and it's, like, women or, well, girls were not allowed to wear tank tops because of what it'll do to the guys, mm-hmm. right? And, and we're taught that we have to wear certain things or look a certain way so that we're not perceived by other men or like by guys or by boys, whatever Mm -hmm. it is. Right. And like the most common thing that I hear about sexual assault or abuse or even within relationships, it's like, well, like, what were you wearing? Were you asking for it? Like, that's such a common response. Right. And it's a sad, like, it's a sad reality that when it comes down to that and it's kind of getting off topic. So (laughs) no, it's all there with the energy. Like I fully believe that we are like, we like grow up to already have like no fighting chance to have a balanced sacral chakra because there's so many rules placed on us. We're scared to, you know, just enjoy really. Yeah. And Same with our intuition as well. I Mm -hmm. feel like for women, those two centers as women are really like blocked for us. Mm -hmm. Would you like, would you agree that those two centers? Yeah, I agree. Definitely. And even for, I want to like go back to even like our parents' generation and our grandparents' generation, like right back to that throat chakra, like you were saying, Um, you know, when like the woman's place is like, they say like very much in the kitchen and like cleaning and you know like I mean I'm sorry but me and Meg wouldn't do too well just cleaning and cooking because we like to talk and we like to you know make change so I mean I can just imagine women that would be like us in those generations would just feel almost like they're like they can't breathe because they can't yeah. express the way that they feel. Yeah. And they feel, I always say like there, someone else is like putting stormy clouds into your blue sky. Like yeah. how dare they do that, yeah. you know? So it's like untapped potential. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And with the intuition and with even with the throat chakra as well, with like self-expression and authentic self-expression, we are told that we have to speak nicely speak like a woman speak like a lady right Mm -hmm. like you can't swear because if you swear then you're like a dirty woman like you're like you're not very feminine Mm -hmm. and so then Mm -hmm. that causes us to hold back our true Mm self-expression and when we can just feel something and we don't have any proof we don't know how we know this or why we feel this we just do and it's like unexplainable and it's our intuition coming through with the truth for us Mm -hmm. we're almost like taught like no don't trust that like don't believe that Mm -hmm. like that's not how it is you know like this is the way that it's always been I don't you don't have any proof to show that like just because you feel that way doesn't mean that it's valid or it's true right and so then we learn to Mm -hmm. not trust it we learn to suppress that intuition that inner knowing that we have Mm -hmm. and our self-expression and of course it's it becomes blocked after right like so 
besides Reiki and energy healing, how can we work with our chakra system to help clear those blocks or prevent them from being blocked? Well, I would just say um, it's so nice to just get in tune with them. Um, I always think like with awareness, um, you know, you get a lot of power behind that. And once you start to notice these kind of triggers and these little things that are, you know, maybe messing with kind of your energetic self, we can kind of learn to like, you know, set up these boundaries and these barriers um, to keep us safe. And I know like a really good example I always can, you know, speak about is um, personally, I get this, I'm sure Meg, you've experienced this when you have like confrontation with someone, you actually get like a physical feeling of feeling like sick to your stomach, like you're going to be sick. And to me, that's like my solar plexus is like, okay, trying to warn me like there is you know, an energetic situation that's happening right now that is taking away my power. And if I don't do something right now to take a step back or to, you know, kind of change the outlook, um, I'm not protecting myself. And that's what we want to do is take care of ourselves and protect ourselves. Um, So I think just once we, the intention is there, just the little signs and things um, are just going to help us like, not only know our body better, but be like way more kinder to our body um, in return. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I, I notice for myself that I get like a tense, like a tightness when there's like an energetic, like conflict almost, or like a dis-ease or an anxious feeling it always like I can always sense it in like this tightness in sort of like my diaphragm like lower chest area Mm -hmm. and I've been working on just being aware of that like just noticing in what situations does that do I feel that way what situations bring that up even if it's not a like a disconnect or um a fight or disagreement right Mm -hmm. like what situations make me feel like I'm losing my power and I feel like there's just like this, yeah, not great feeling. Mm -hmm. And so we maintain that awareness and we want to work on coming back to something that's going to make us feel powerful, feel empowered. What about getting in nature? Hmm. How does that play into our energetic system and and change our energy body? Um, So (laughs) mother nature, big, big, big player in all of my sessions. Um, So Mother Nature, we are very lucky because she is one of the biggest natural, the biggest natural grounding systems we have available to us at all as human beings. Um, You know, sometimes with big apartment buildings, they'll have like these lightning rods to ground the energy of that building down, down into the ground. Humans are the same. (laughs) We do get a lot of energy stagnant on us. Um, A really good thing of what I um, like to tell my clients and what I was told by my Reiki master is to actually envision yourself um, brushing yourself off. And brushing everything down to the earth, kind of like you have like dirt on you. 
um, and brushing it down to the ground and just saying, you know, like my intention is for this to be recycled by, or sorry, recycled by Mother Earth, um, because that's what she does is recycles energy. Um, but as far as like nature as a whole, even before energy work really um, came into my life right now as prominent, I've always been very um, connected to nature. I've always felt that there's a lot of like miracles in nature to be seen that we walk past every day. Um, I was taught that by my, my Nana. So I, I always like hold that very close to me. Um, nature is like that reset, that refresh for me. Um, it's yeah, it's a lot like it's kind of when you get to that point of like when you get so mad and you're like, oh, I need to get out of the house. I'm going for a walk. And it's like when you've hit that point where you've had enough and you need that freshness that, you know, that's what we all crave is going for a walk or going for a drive, getting that fresh air. But yeah, it's because I fully believe like Mother Nature is there to kind of help us ground these energies. Um, and in turn, like once we're, you know, kind of sitting there, we kind of get offered a lot of uh, beauty in return. Um, and just for a mental health journey in itself, um, going out and slowing down and finding things that are accessible to you, to someone else that you can explain it to. I believe that nature is that one thing that we all kind of have. We all can picture, you know, I hope like a piece of grass or a leaf from a tree or, you know, we can have that to relate on and learn lessons from. It makes things simple. Yeah, I think a lot of people have learned that lesson over the last little bit that getting out in nature is so crucial mm -hmm. for our well-being and taking the time to just really observe and be just be with mm -hmm. nature and I think a lot of people have overlooked like the natural healing abilities of nature mm -hmm. and just grounding into the earth and I feel like earthing it's like this new term that's like kind of coming to light mm -hmm. where it's like people are walking barefoot in the grass and it's like <laughs> and some people are like okay why would I walk barefoot in the grass but like it just, I'm like I've been doing that my yeah. whole life yeah. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. It's just one of those things that makes you feel so much better. Yeah. Just like so much more centered mm -hmm. and grounded if you let it, right? Yes. If you're open to it. Mm -hmm. And really like all the elements. This is something I was thinking of the other day, you know, like we have earth for grounding. Um, I always touch on water. Water is a big um, topic with my sessions because water is a mover of energy and water is one of the biggest most natural movers of energy that we have um for releasing um and then we have you know our wind our wind power that kind of comes in you know to offer us like a refresh of energy kind of to remind us that like nothing's permanent um you know things are going to change um and i'm forgetting an element here but that's okay. fire fire <laughs> fire power yeah yeah absolutely power 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 <laughs> yeah. And I think all of the elements can be used in a way to cleanse your energy. Mm -hmm. All of the elements 
so we're using the earth to ground down and recycle our energy. And then we're using water to move the energy and almost wash it. Like taking an energetic shower, like getting in the shower and imagining the water, just cleansing it and moving the energy off of you is one of my favorite things. Mm -hmm. Like it is so restorative. Mm -hmm. And even with air, like being, like you said, fresh air, Mm -hmm. right? And with fire, like burning something, oh, I burn my incense like twice a day now because I find it's just one, it's a ritual. I love doing it, but I feel like it just creates such the smoke, like just, it moves the energy right Mm -hmm. within the room. Yeah. It's so cool. And like, I think that as humans, we don't, (laughs) we're never like expecting something to be simple. We're trying to find the answer. We're trying to look for it out there, you know, and we're like over searching. Um, When sometimes like getting in touch with our energy is actually just not making things harder at all, but slowing things down, simplifying it and just like taking a deeper breath than normal. Yes. Yes. And I want to revisit something that you said earlier was that you were looking for your purpose outside of you. You were looking for your purpose out there. And so this will be our last final question. And people who are looking for their purpose, they're looking for their passion and purpose and meaning in life and they're searching out there for it what would you say to them oh gosh so many things um well first I would say what do you think about most in your life what do you want to do what do you dream about what keeps you awake at night because that is what your purpose is I used to very much as a kid I don't know why, but I would spend a lot of my nights awake, like thinking of speeches and things of something that I could maybe say to someone to like help them be happy. And then I remember thinking, but I'm not good at anything. I don't have like, you know, some people are really good at baseball and like, I'm not good at any sports. I'm not good at anything. And then one day I realized like, maybe I'm just good at being a good person. And I didn't really like find my per- <laughs> realize that I had my purpose within me all along until um, this, you know, journey, specifically um, like healing from my concussion and stuff, because I was kind of forced to like live through it because it was the one good thing in my life. And like that allowed my purpose to shine more because it made me feel good in like a point where I wasn't doing well in life. So like writing out my feelings and like thinking that it could help someone was like, holy crap, like this is my purpose. And it was what I have been doing my whole life, but I just was looking for it somewhere else. Mm -hmm. And I did, I have like, I have this Instagram post where I wrote, um, you know, like even when you take a break, your purpose doesn't leave you. And I think that's a really good thing to remember as well, because as well that our purpose is with us I think that we're sometimes scared to like slow down and be kind to ourselves because we're going to lose momentum or our purpose is going to leave us or go to somebody else because maybe they're working harder um 
and that feeling is gone. I don't believe that anymore. Like I believe that we all have one thing that we think of. And even if someone else is doing it, they're not you. Mm -hmm. So they're not going to do it the way that you would do it. Exactly. So why aren't you doing it? (laughs) (laughs) So just do the damn thing. Just do it. (laughs) (laughs) No, I, I think that what you said holds a lot of truth that, yeah, there might be someone out there that's doing Reiki or doing yoga, but they're not you, right? They haven't lived the exact same experiences as you. Mm-hmm. They're not you. And that's which, what your purpose is. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Which makes you so unique and what it's what makes you different from everyone else, mm-hmm. right? Is because no one has lived the exact same journey as you have. And I think sometimes our purpose is seen as like, what it's it's seen as what we do but it's not necessarily what we do it's why we do it Mm -hmm. and And a lot of the times we're like taught i think that like our true authentic self like we're going to be judged or not perceived how we want to be like you're going to be judged i'm sorry we're going to be judged no matter what so you might as well live the way that you want to live right um everyone has different thoughts feelings inside their minds and you're not doing them any favors by complying. So you might as well just live. (laughs) Exactly. Yeah. There's always going to be someone who is not going to resonate with your stuff. Exactly. But there's always going to be someone who is. Mm -hmm. And do it for that one person that is going to resonate, who you're going to touch their soul. Exactly. You're going to speak to them. So do it for that person. Yeah. You never know. It might turn into couple thousand yeah exactly and then those people like it's like a domino effect you know that's how we kind of like all become better together yeah it's by like you know going to the next person beside us and like hey you know it's okay if you just be who you want to be today like that's fine yeah exactly (laughs) yeah there's something for everyone yes I, I believe that truly yeah I really do Well, this has been so lovely. Mm -hmm. Thank you for joining me on this podcast episode. And where can all the listeners find you? Um, Well, thank you very much for having me tonight. It's been such a lovely night. Um, The listeners, you guys can find me. um, I would say just like my Instagram account is tailored to nature. Um, It's a, a T. And then I'm linked everywhere from there. You can find my website, my services, um, anything. So I'm, yeah, looking forward to maybe getting to meet and speak with some new people, maybe um, just from listening to this podcast. I think that's pretty dang cool. Exactly. Mm -hmm. If anything resonated, then go check out Taylor's page and... Even if you're just curious, go check her out. She's wonderful. Come say hi. Yes. (laughs) Let her know that you listened to the podcast episode. And thank you all so much for listening. If you made it all the way through, um, lots of love to you. And I hope you have a beautiful evening, a beautiful week, and we'll see you in the next episode. Bye. Bye.